Chapter 8 of Ebenezer's Casket by John Ulrich Gysi and Junius B. Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Ben Tucker. Chapter 8 But my dear Mr. Clay, Mr. Lynn's appearance was even more bloodless than common, I assure you you're mistaken. This casket I showed you at first. Mistake, Ebenezer cut in roughly. Say, forget it, I made this box myself. If there's any mistake, you made it when you thought you could lead me in here and fool me. I guess you wasn't as wise that I've worked for the Armistead people for over two years. Now cut out the stalling and come across. He jerked his hand at the casket behind him. What's the meaning of this? Who's this party in my coffin? Fifty dollars? Well, I reckon you'd give me fifty for it, being as you had it filled. Don't you reckon you could let me have a hundred, seeing as I can prove whose it is? I'll give you a hundred rather than have any unpleasantness, Mr. Clay. Mr. Lynn agreed in a rather small voice. You see, the present occupant died rather suddenly, and his people wished to ship the body east. I knew I could duplicate the casket from the Armistead people, of course. Under the circumstances, if you'll return to the office, I'll be glad to give you my check and consider the matter settled. Hold on, said Ebenezer. A speculative light crept into his eyes. The body in the casket he had thought yesterday to occupy himself was going east. East? Why, he'd like to go east himself. East, back home, where yesterday he had sent the deed of his farm to Claire Markley. Claire. He seemed to see her gray eyes looking into his. He took a long breath. I reckon we won't sell things so fast. Yesterday I was sort of pressed for time, but today I ain't in any hurry. I'd like to go east, too. After I've given you my check for a hundred dollars, said Mr. Lynn, there is no reason why you cannot go anywhere you please. Ebenezer nodded. All at once he grinned. I shouldn't wonder if you do feel that way about it, but that ain't the point. I ain't aiming to spend a hundred. I'll need that when I arrive. I reckon you better give me a ticket to Massillon, Ohio, and about two hundred in cash, and keep the coffin, seeing that you got it sold, and you can add fifty to that since I've decided not to be embalmed, and maybe twenty for flowers. Wait, said Mr. Lynn, cutting off the flow of words that threatened to engulf all his unearned increment in their flood. Did you say Massillon, Ohio? Ebenezer nodded again. I did. That's where I was born and raised. Then, a light of decision crossed Mortician Lynn's face. I think this can be arranged. This body is going to Canton, and it must be accompanied by an attendant, of course. If you wouldn't mind going with it, he paused. Well, I'm darned, said Ebenezer and jerked a hand at the casket. Is he a buckeye? Why? His eyes widened. I can take him to Canton and get over to Massillon in less than an hour. Say, that's funny, ain't it? It is, said Mr. Lynn in a tone of relief. This entire affair is most peculiar, but if it is agreeable to you, we'll go into the office and I'll give you two hundred and fifty dollars and arrange for you to accompany the body. Two hundred and seventy, said Ebenezer firmly. Two hundred and seventy, said Mr. Lynn inside. When's he going? Ebenezer questioned, glancing at the body inside his coffin. This evening. All right, said Ebenezer. 
but you might as well make it 300. That will leave you 150 profit after you've collected for the box. I'll give you 300, and not a cent more, said Mr. Lin, and wet his lips with his tongue. All right, said Ebenezer again, and smiled. He was seeing Claire Markley's face with its gray eyes again, as he followed the colorless little mortician back to the office. He was still seeing it, in the rolling hills of Ohio, in the old farm place, as Lynn produced his checkbook and filled in a blank and tore it out and held it toward him. "'I'll arrange your transportation by this afternoon. Shall I send it to you, or will you call?' he said as Ebenezer's fingers closed on the bit of paper. "'I'll go get this cashed and come back this afternoon,' Ebenezer returned and rose. "'About three. The body leaves at four thirty. Lynn suggested. Ebenezer nodded, picked up his suitcase, and walked out. He cashed the check, had some lunch, and returned to the Lynn Undertaking Parlors and Mortuary Chapel promptly at three o'clock. Thus it came about that he journeyed eastward that night as the attendant of the gray casket containing the body of another than himself. That now and then, as the train ran eastward, he descended from it when it stopped and walked up to the baggage car and inspected the box about the casket and satisfied himself that it was all right and went back to his seat and his thoughts. And mainly he thought that he was going back, back to Massillon, Ohio, and the home place, and Claire Markley. Hour after hour he sat looking out of the window at the speeding landscape between which, and his introspective eyes, swam the mental image of her face. He was going back, and if, if she was still Claire Markley... A slow flush crept at such times into his cheeks. Back there, no one would ever know he had made a fool of himself because he had been easy enough to believe what Perry the Persian told him about the stars. The stars. They had said he was going bankrupt, or Perry the Persian said so, but they hadn't said he was going to stay bankrupt, and he, he had dug something out of Lynn the very next day. Not much, but something few dollars in the ticket on which he was riding east. As the guardian of the casket, he had thought himself fated to use, so maybe the stars had been right about it after all. They had said he was going bankrupt, and he had, and, and surely this going back to the old scenes, the old hopes that were warming his heart with each swift mile that fell behind him, held in it something of the quality of fate. Maybe Perry the Persian had been an agent of fate after all, even as he had declared, Maybe his error had been the means fate used to bring her ends about. Ebenezer didn't know, really, and the nearer he got to his destination, the less he cared. The past was past, and the future. He wasn't troubling any more about the future, save as it held Claire Markley the present, he felt, provided it could be made to hold her, would be quite enough. He reached Canton one sunny afternoon. He delivered the body and took a receipt. He was taking receipts now from the undertaking firm to which it was consigned. An hour later he boarded a train and sat with his nose against the window drinking in the flitting vista of rolling hill and plain. Home, home, sang the wheels beneath him. He was going home. At Massillon he got down. He was going home and he knew the road and he went. With his suitcase bumping against his legs he trudged straight through the town and on out into the surrounding country for some three dusty miles, before he came to a house set back amid trees some distance from the roadside, opened a gate and a fence before it, and made his way into the yard. He went toward the house as one travels long accustomed ways, and suddenly he paused. A woman, 
came round the corner of the house. She caught sight of Ebenezer and stopped. For a moment of recognition, she stared, and then her lips opened. "'Ebenezer Clay!' she exclaimed, and came swiftly toward him, her cheeks flushing. "'Why, whatever on earth?' Ebenezer grinned. "'Hello, Claire,' he said. "'I just got a hankering to come home. Did you get that deed?' Claire Markley nodded. "'Yes, yesterday, and I couldn't imagine why you sent it. At first, her gray eyes widened, darkened. I thought maybe you were dead. Ebenezer winced in almost imperceptible fashion at the word. I, I reckon you read it, didn't you? He said. Yes, Claire nodded again. Of course, but there wasn't a single scrap to explain with it. I, I thought Ebenezer looked up at an apple tree beside him. I sort of figured it would explain itself. Didn't you notice what it said? Why, all at once Claire's color deepened to a crimson. It said, it said... She glanced down and caught up a fold of her dress in her fingers. It said, in consideration of love and affection, didn't it? Said Ebenezer. Well, that's all there is to it, except that Claire, I... I'd sort of like to go with the farm. Claire Markley lifted her face. Her eyes were shining. They were like stars. They hinted all manner of things for the future. She drew very close to Ebenezer. Why, Ebenezer, she said in a voice between tears and laughter. Why, I don't mind. Claire, Ebenezer dropped his suitcase and took her into his arms. End of chapter 8 End of Ebenezer's Casket by John Ulrich Giese and Junius B. Smith